All right, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 13 in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 13. And you're going to probably have uh, this message and be preaching one more time uh, on New Testament sacrifices. Last week we you know, did a Father's Day message, but the previous two weeks before that we were looking at New Testament sacrifices. And the reason for that is I'm afraid, you know, Christianity today, we've gotten very lazy with everything. And people, when it comes to uh, their walk with God, they, they don't want to do anything. They want feel like nothing should be required. And it's because since salvation was free, was a free gift, they didn't have to do anything to earn salvation. They feel like I shouldn't have to do anything ever. And boy, we've got that mentality. You know, people think they should get a paycheck these days without doing any work. And... You know, the truth is, you know, I mean, we ought to want to do something for God. I mean, we ought to want to sacrifice for Him. And, you know, know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was listening to a message a preacher was preaching uh, at a revival meeting we were at. And he was telling the story about the lad who gave the five loaves and the two fish. And have you ever thought about this? That, you know, knowing what we know about Jesus, if we were somewhere where Jesus was at and He had need of something, I mean, how many of us would hold back? I mean, I, I would, you know, as I was thinking about man, if it was me, I'd give Him everything. I mean, He gave, he gave five loaves and two fish and what they end up getting after, after it was all said and done, there was 12 baskets left over. And what they do with those 12 baskets, I don't know. I kind of think maybe He gave them to the boy. I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. But you know, I do know enough about Christ. It's like if I'd been there, I'd give, I'd give everything. If he, if he came along, it's like, hey, I need some money. I'd give, I'd give him whatever I had. Well, what about tomorrow? What about paying your bills? Man, we're giving it to Jesus here. Why would I be worried about anything? You know, there's no sacrifice too great. Yet at the same time, we have opportunities to do things for Christ now, don't we? When we do them for the least of these, my brethren, as Jesus said. And the truth is, we just don't have a lot of faith these days like we should. And we have no excuse for that. No reason for that whatsoever. We ought to have faith. And we ought to be willing to sacrifice. We ought to be willing to give God whatever He wants. Whatever He asks of us. Whatever the Holy Spirit impresses on your heart, you ought to be ready to give it. We're not doing tithes and offerings. We already covered that. But what I want to talk about today, look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, but let us, but, or by Him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. Alright, we see here the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips. God wants us to give that. Now, you know, the question might come to your mind is, okay, how is praise a sacrifice to God? How is that a sacrifice? We all just were praising God a little while ago. I hope when you were singing, how great thou art, you weren't just singing it from your mouth, but you were singing it from your heart too. You were singing it in praise to God, I hope that's what you were doing. But uh, the truth is, you know, it didn't really cost you anything, did it? You know, where's the sacrifice? Remember when we first started this, we looked at that story of David, how he would not make a sacrifice that didn't cost him anything. It, otherwise, if it doesn't cost you anything, 
it's not a sacrifice. And so how can praise be a sacrifice? The fruit of our lips. Alright? And so, uh, before we totally, you know, answer the question of how praise exactly is a sacrifice, we're going to look at some other things that the Bible says about our lips and our words and how they should be used. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to start reading in verse 21. It says, If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Okay, once again, we're reminded that as believers, there's supposed to be some differences. We are have to consciously, purposefully make an effort to put off the old man. We have to consciously make an effort to put on the whole armor of God. There are things that maybe you used to do that you're supposed to stop doing. You will not just automatically stop doing these things because you got saved. You've got a purpose in your heart. You've got to determine. You're going to have to make an effort. You're going to have to try. And then verse 23, it says, "...and be renewed in the spirit of your mind." You're going to have to remind yourself to do these things all the time. You might feel like praising God today, but you might not feel like praising God tomorrow. You might feel like being obedient today while you're sitting in church and you're around God's people, but you may not tomorrow. And this is supposed to be a lifetime thing when it comes to serving God, offering up sacrifices to Him. But then verse 24, it says, "...and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore, putting away lying, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Okay, so one of the ways that we sacrifice to God, the way we sacrifice the, the, with the fruit of our lips, I guess you could say, the way you can make a sacrifice with your words is when you put away lying, when you quit lying. Okay? Now, how is that a sacrifice? Well, here's the thing. If you put away lying, if you sacrifice lying, if you say, you know, Lord, I'm giving up this lying. Lord, I've been a liar. Lord, I've been a cheat. Lord, I've taken advantage of people. I've told them things that are false so it can benefit me. When you put away lying, you realize you are giving up some things, aren't you? The truth is, when you don't lie, you know, you don't get to tell stories that benefit you. Maybe if you're in sales, you might not make some sales because you have to be honest to people. And you know what? That can cost you. When you're at work, maybe you mess something up. You don't get to lie to your boss and blame somebody else. You are going to sacrifice the guy and say, you know, this might cost me my job, but I'm going to tell the truth. Why? Because I'm giving God the fruit of my lips. I'm going to put away lying. We are all capable of lying. We are all capable of making up stories. We all were, were natural born liars. Little babies know how to lie, don't they? It's a part of our sin nature. But when you give that up, when you sacrifice that and say, you know, I'm not going to do anything anymore, I'm going to just tell you right now, you will lose out sometime. It will be to your disadvantage sometime. But you, you've got to put that away. And, you know, there's, we could all probably tell stories about times when, you know, maybe. We did the right thing even when it hurt us. But you can't lie. We're going to give that to God. We're supposed to be honest. We're supposed to set a good example. When we were at that revival meeting the other day, Chloe, she got all excited. She came running up to me. She found five $20 bills on the floor. 
hundred bucks. Or not on the floor. It was, in, it was outside the parking lot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the parking lot of the church. A hundred bucks. Now, you know, and she, she's all excited about it. I'm like, you know, you can't keep that. You know, the chances are if somebody loses a hundred dollars, they're going to notice it. And they're probably going to eventually be asking if anybody found the hundred dollars. And at the same time, too, you know, this is a church. It's not our church. If nobody does ask for it, the church should probably get it. And so, you know, I told her, I was like, you need to go give it to the pastor. And, you know, and it was kind of disappointing. She kept talking about that hundred dollars that she found. But you know what? It's not, it's not worth it. You know, we, you know, we need to sacrifice things sometimes just to be honest. We're giving that to God. Why? God is pleased with that. I do not believe God would have been pleased if I had been like, here, give that here. Keep, be quiet. I'll split it with you when we get home. Just don't tell anybody you found it. Hey, we both would have benefited from that, right? Earthly speaking, physically speaking. But do you think God would have been pleased with that? Absolutely not. It's better to be honest. And you know, sometimes lying can benefit you. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you right now. It, it could benefit you sometimes when you tell a lie. You don't always get found out. Sometimes you get away, you get away with things, but God is never pleased with that. And you know what? We're going to sacrifice those things. And you might lose big sometimes financially. But we've got to do it. As a preacher, I've got to tell the truth from the pulpit. And I don't know if you all notice this, but there's a lot of truths that aren't very popular these days. But you know what? I've got to be willing to sacrifice some things and sacrifice some popularity. Sacrifice, you know, some, you know, fames. Maybe even sacrifice some church members because I'm trying to please God with the fruit of my lips. And if I'm up here preaching something that's contrary to the Word of God because I'm trying to hang on to things for myself, God is not pleased with that one bit. I ought to be willing to sacrifice. I ought to be willing to do that sacrifice. And so, I need to put away lying. And then verse 26, let's keep reading. It says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that it may he may have to give to him that needeth. Once again, we're seeing all these things. Don't do these things anymore. None of these things are requirements for salvation. Doing these things, not doing things... They do not save you. We've talked about that in these other messages. However, when you do the right thing, it is a sacrifice and it is pleasing to God. And then look what verse 29 says. Once again, because we're talking about the fruit of our lips. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know what? As Christians, we don't get to tell Dirty jokes that maybe used to entertain us. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have made a lot of money that are real famous comedians just being vile with their mouth. And you know what? You know why these people get famous from that? Let's just be honest again. Because people enjoy it. Sadly, you know, people have got some pretty warped mind these days. And dirty jokes are more popular. I guess, apparently. And so these guys, they make a lot of money doing that. People enjoy it. Well, guess what? We don't get to tell that. And you know what? Maybe, listen, we're made out of the same flesh everyone else is made out of. You might get some entertainment out of those things. But the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. We're not going to talk about those things. We're not going to talk about things that are inappropriate. Things 
uh, that you know we have no business speaking about. Maybe you'd get entertainment from it. Maybe your flesh would enjoy it. But you know what? You're saying I'm going to sacrifice that. I'm giving that up. I don't do. I don't tell those stories anymore. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to do that kind of thing. I'm not going to use those type of words. I was with a, a guy one time that I was working for, and you know he's a, he's a Christian, and we were at this guy's house, and we were looking at his foundation. And just all of a sudden, he decided he wanted to tell us a joke. And he asked us, it was one of these, you know, he asked us a question. And what's interesting about this particular joke, it involved God. And, you know, he asked a question and we didn't, you know, and didn't know it was going to be a dirty joke, didn't know the answer to it. And then he gave us the punchline, and it was very inappropriate. And neither of us laughed. And we were just. You know, it was, it was one of those real awkward moments. And the guy knew, oh, I just told this to the wrong guy thing. And he's just like, he just said, you guys aren't religious or something, are you? And we were just like, yeah, a little bit. And he was just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, you know, sorry, we don't get to laugh at that stuff. We don't get to enjoy those things where maybe other people get pleasure. Why? Because, you know, the fruit of our lips belongs to God. We're going to sacrifice those things. We don't get to, we don't get to be perverted. We don't get to be dirty. We don't get to talk like that, even if it does maybe is entertaining to the flesh. Sometime look at and then verse thirty says, "And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption." Doing these things aren't going to cause you to lose your salvation, because we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. However, we do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I hope you don't want to do that. I mean, thank God He's the one that keeps us saved. But I hope you're not in the business of grieving the Holy Spirit. And then verse 31, 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know what? Another sacrifice that we make with our mouth as Christians, we don't get to hurt people that we don't like with our mouth. You know, sometimes it can benefit us to put somebody else down. You know, it can benefit us sometimes if we're trying to, you know, move up the ranks socially, if we're trying to make people like us better than they like somebody else, it might benefit us to go and tell them all these terrible stories about that person. Maybe even stories that are true. Maybe start telling people about things in their past. Oh, you think that's a good guy? Well, let me tell you about some of his baggage that he's carrying around. You know, it can benefit us sometimes. Did you know that gossips are usually pretty popular people that have a lot of friends? You know why? Because there's a lot of losers out there that love listening to the gossip. I mean, you find some of the most popular people in the world are the biggest gossips. And you, you could probably gain a few friends by telling stories on people and by digging up dirt on people, especially ones that are doing good that a lot of people don't like because of it. But you know what? We don't get to hurt people we don't like with our mouth. Look at what Colossians 3, verse 8 says. It's kind of saying a lot of the same things that we've just been reading in Ephesians. But Colossians 3, verse 8 says, But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Once again, no, none of this filthy communication stuff. We all are capable of it. Okay, Every one of us in here 
are physically capable of blurting out obscenities, saying cuss words, lying to people, gossiping. We are all capable of that. We could all benefit from it sometimes. But you know what? We're going to sacrifice that. We're going to get, we're, we're going to give it up. We have no business doing that as a Christian. No filthy communication. Listen, the, the language of this world is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I can't believe how many times I've just been walking through Walmart and just listened, heard profanity from women, from children. I mean, it's, it's nuts. I was in the gas station one time and a lady is on the phone and they're just obscenity after obscenity. Just this week, I'm here mowing the grass, okay? I'm mowing the grass. I'm wearing, you know, I'm wearing warm-ups and a t-shirt. I'm not dressed up like a pastor or anything. I don't think this person knew I was a pastor. And there was this, you know, he was probably maybe 14, 15 years old, one of these long-haired hippie kids on a skateboard. And he's, you know, he's skateboarding around and stuff. And he comes over to me and he's just like, hey, can you tell me how to get to McDonald's? And I was like, McDonald's? He's like, yeah, McDonald's. And, like, and I was getting ready to say, I was like, are you not from around here? And then, and then as I start talking, he's like, hold on a second, I've got to answer my shoe phone. He takes his shoe off, he puts it up to his ear like he's talking to me, and he just starts yelling at this person and using all kinds of foul language. I mean, and I just, I was like, knock it off. And he starts walking off, just cussing like crazy. And I'm like, hey, knock it off, not funny. He's not even talking. He just wanted to come over and talk. I think he was demon-possessed. I'm telling you right now. I think that kid was demon-possessed. And then here's the thing, too. I know he didn't have a phone in his shoe. And, then, and, he's, and here's the thing. After he does that, he walks off. And for the next 15 minutes, he's way over down at the other end of the school, still on his shoe, talking. Why would he do that? I have no idea. I don't know why the world does the crazy things it does. I don't know why they think they got to use that type of talk and that type of language. But you know what? It's one thing for a bunch of lost people. It's another thing for God's people. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, there's been times I've wanted to say some things to people that weren't really nice. I've wanted to call people some names that I'm pretty sure deserved it. But you know what? I've just said these words will never come out of my mouth. And I'm not trying to brag. I was taught this from a young age. But there are certain words that have never been uttered from these lips. And I'm going to see if I can't make it my whole life and never say those words. Why? It's a sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice those words. I'm not going to use those words. And there's not just because I want to please God. There's another reason we'll look at here in just a little bit. But we don't we don't get to hurt people. We don't like them out. You know, I, I could have went and I could have followed that kid. I mean, I'd probably gotten in trouble he's underage. I mean I the kid needed a good old fashioned spanking is what he needed. You know, I but or or he needed me to go out there and hold him down and start trying to cast the demon out of him too. That but you know these days you'll go to jail for stuff like that. You know, you're not allowed to, you know, give people what they need sometimes, otherwise the law will come down on you. But you know, we we don't get to hurt people. You know that Sometimes, listen, I was listening to a guy preach a message and he was talking about, you know, the English language and how, you know, some of the amazing words that are in the Bible, that there's so much depth to them, there's so much meaning to them. And he was talking about how in America today, we have a very small vocabulary. 
And that is why so many people use so many foul words. They don't know how to express themselves. What people are feeling, there are some great words out there that can accurately and appropriately express what they're feeling, but these people don't know how to do it because they're too ignorant. They're too uneducated, and so they use all this vile language. Okay, And let me tell you, I know a lot more words than the average person out there in the world today that's using all that foul language. And let me tell you, I mean, I've come up with some pretty brilliant ways that I can really tell somebody how stupid they are. But I don't get to do that. I've I got to sacrifice that. I've got to use words that are good for edifying. I've And listen, I've done that before, okay? While I've not said some of the big words, I have used words and made people feel really stupid before. There's been people that I've worked with that I didn't like very much, and finally I had to let them know it in ways that were uh, very effective. And you know, that's not right. You're not supposed to do that. You've got to sacrifice that kind of thing. And we're not supposed to hurt people we don't like with our mouth. We are supposed to reserve our lips for things that are of God. Go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, and look what it says. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Now listen, I don't think the Bible puts words in there for accident. I believe, I don't think James, when he wrote this, was being dramatic. I really believe the things that come from our mouth are demonic sometimes. I mean, isn't it amazing the way people know the exact worst thing they could possibly say to you at the worst time? The truth is, people don't know it. But let me tell you, the devil does. And boy, he knows. He, if we're not careful, we will let him get our tongue sometime. And it's hard to control the tongue sometimes, isn't it? I mean, it is hard. You just want to let it rip so bad. You just want to say whatever it is that's on your mind so bad. But you know what? you got to say, I'm going to sacrifice that. And the Bible says, but wait, if you can do that, you can control your whole body. You know, it is, I mean, the tongue, it is, it is a small member, but boy, it's hard to control. Look what it says in verse 7. For every kind of beast and of the birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame is an unruly evil full of deadly poisons. You know, there's people out there that have tamed snakes. They play with snakes. There's people that swim with killer whales and are perfectly fine and don't have any problems. They know how to tame those things. But boy, try taming somebody's tongue. Good luck. What the Bible's saying. And then, look at this. Verse 9, you say, why is it so important? And how is all this uh, line up with what we read in Hebrews about the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips? Because see, here's when we sacrifice, when we give up something, especially you know, when it comes to anything, when you give up something, you're supposed to replace it with something. And God does not want us to just give up the dirty talking, give up the vile language, and give up the gossip. 
He wants us to replace it with something. He wants us to praise Him. He wants us to praise Him. He wants us to be a witness. And it's like people have this idea, well, I can do both. But we're going to see here, no, you can't do both. It says in verse 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the multitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For with envying and for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, as the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So right here is where it starts coming clear what Hebrews thirteen fifteen is talking about. We see that out of the same mouth can't proceed blessing and cursing. Just like a fountain can't give salt water and fresh water, it's one or the other. You've got to decide, alright, what's coming from my mouth? Is it going to be praise to God or is it going to be all the things of the flesh? And you need to be willing to sacrifice all those other things and give God the fruit of your lips praise. Because here's the thing, if you're trying to do both, if you're thinking, you know, I can do a little bit of both. I can still praise God on Sunday, but you know what? If my neighbor needs cussed out, I'm going to cuss him out. No, you can't do that because part of our job as Christians, one of the ways that we glorify God is in our life, in our conversation, in our testimony. One of the ways we are obedient to God is by being a witness. And how can you be a witness to somebody that you just cussed out? How can you be a witness to somebody that maybe you just told a dirty joke to? How can you do that? You can't do that. You've got to be willing to give God the fruit of our lips. That means you need to be willing to praise God even if it costs you your pride. You see, there is some sacrifice to praising God. If you're praising God for everything, people might think you're weird. People might think they might find out that you're religious, that you're one of those Christians when you're giving God the glory for everything. Oh, we can't have that. Oh, you know, I don't want to look like one of those religious nuts, you know. Uh, I've fallen for this whole idea that we're supposed to keep our religion to ourselves. And listen, I'm not, you know, we've all known the people that maybe just overdo it with the spiritual talk, alright? I'm not talking about being that way, but listen, you, there's nothing wrong with you giving God the glory for things. There's nothing wrong with you giving God the credit. You know, when people see your family, hey, yeah, the Lord's blessed me with a good family. The Lord's given me a good wife. The Lord's given me wonderful kids. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, the Lord's blessed me with health. Hey, thank the Lord for the wonderful weather we're having today. You know, there's nothing wrong with that kind of talk. And people are scared of that today. They're scared to talk that way. They are scared to praise God publicly because they're scared of looking religious. Well, we have nothing to be ashamed of. I, I don't understand that. You know, I've always been the kind of person that, man, I want people to ask. You know, when I was a teenager, I got, I, I got asked all the time. People noticed even, I, I think when you're a teenager and you're, 
living right, it's more noticeable than an adult. Because, you know, there's a lot of adults, they've just grown up. They've learned that, you know, stupidity and foolishness is not beneficial, and they've just grown up. But when there's a teenager that shows a little bit of wisdom, people notice that a lot more. When a teenager is polite, when a teenager has good language, and I'm telling you, you young people... You have a wonderful opportunity to be a witness. All you have to do, I mean, just you acting like a Christian, it will get noticed today. I promise. It will get noticed. And many teenagers are like, no, I don't want to get noticed. Why not? That's an opportunity to praise God to somebody. That's an opportunity that you have to witness to somebody. They came and asked you. Listen, I'm going to keep on soul winning until the Lord comes because He's commanded me to do it. But you know, most, most people, when you confront them and you approach them, they're not interested. I would love it if people were coming and approaching me. And I love it when that does happen. And we ought to try to do that. And you know, when somebody's praising God, it's, it's a good signal. And it's like people are trying to avoid it. But you know what? You'd be willing to do that. Even if it costs your pride. You ought to be willing to sing publicly. So how is singing a sacrifice? Listen, a, a fountain can't yield both salt water and fresh water. You're going to have a tough time praising God on Sunday if you've been cursing Him all week. If you've been misusing His name, blaspheming His name. If you've been you know, cussing out your neighbor. I mean, could you imagine sitting here saying how great thou art and maybe your neighbor showed up that you just cussed out the day before? You'll be too embarrassed to sing praise to God. Can you? I mean, imagine if it was you. Imagine if the choosing the other foot. If your neighbor just cussed you out on Saturday, and the next day you visited a church, and he just happens to go there, and he's up there singing a special. You're gonna think, man, what a hypocrite! What a bunch of phonies! What kind of church is this? Let's well, a guy like that. You know, a, a person who has that kind of talk definitely shouldn't be up singing a special. You know, because it is. It's a terrible testimony. And you know what? I wonder if a lot of people today, the reason they don't want to praise God in church is because they are they, they would feel like too much of a hypocrite. Well, here's the thing. Why don't you just not be a hypocrite? Why don't you just sacrifice the foolish, the, the dirty talking? Sacrifice the filthy language and give your words to God. That way you can come to church and with a clear conscience and a clean heart, you can praise God and give Him the fruit of your lips with such sacrifices. God is well pleased. Reserve our, your lips for things that are God. You know, be willing to be a witness. Be willing to be a witness. You know, it would it would be embarrassing if I'm if I'm at work and I'm telling you know, and people they know they know I'm a pastor, they know I'm a Christian, but maybe I've been talking to one guy. And I just told him a dirty joke. He's not going to be offended by it. He tells them to me all the time. I'm going to tell him. I know a dirty joke. I tell him a dirty joke, and then maybe somebody else comes over and maybe asks me something religious, something about God. And then, and now all of a sudden I have to switch to spiritual. Right, this guy that now knows I'm a phony. I'm going to have a tough time being a witness. You know what? I want to be able to praise God. I want to be able to be a witness. And if I am telling dirty jokes, if I'm using profanity, I'm going to have a tough time doing that. It's going to be really hard. My lips are, my words are reserved for God. Be willing to give God glory, even if it costs you socially. It's not going to make you the most popular person when you're praising God. You're not going to be the most popular person when you're a Christian, when you use your words like you're supposed to. It's, when you rebuke sin, I promise that will not make you 
a popular person, but you say, you know, I don't care. I'm here to be a witness. I want to give my words to God. And you know, and my, you know, myself, especially as a pastor, you know, there's just this is this is my thing. This is God's calling on my life. And I'm telling you, it, and I think everybody ought to have this attitude. But I'm I'm human, just like anybody else. I've got people that I work with that man, I'd I'd love to tell them off. I'd love to just let them know just how big of an idiot they are. I'd love to do that, but you know what? I can't do that because I've got to give God the fruit of my lips, and I'm going to have a hard time being an example. I remember not long after I started, there was this one guy there that I worked with that he did something that was ridiculous, and I almost I was that close to letting him have it. I was like, you know what? This guy's an idiot. He deserves everything I'm thinking right now. I wasn't going to cuss or anything like that. I was just going to tell him the truth. Tell him how big of an idiot he was. But I didn't. And you know, only a few days later, I was visiting somebody that used to come here to the church. And I saw his picture in their house. He was married to their granddaughter. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't just tell him off. What if he comes and visits the church with them sometime? You know, I'm going to look like a total idiot. And it was another reminder to me. I, I can't do that. And you know, it's the same thing for you. What if the person that you tell off Maybe you get in a fender bender with somebody and it was their fault and you just let them have it. Brother Pete, man, he just tells them off. He lets them have it. And I work with that person. I got him to come to church today and they see him up taking the offering. Oh, that's that one guy. What's he doing praying for the offering? You should have heard what I heard him saying the other day. Man, he's made our whole church look bad now. He now can't help be a witness to that guy. I mean, I'm telling you, these things are important, and it is. It's hard. It's a sacrifice. We're human just like anybody else. We want to do some of these things, but we can't do it. We're going to say, I'm going to give it to God. We will answer to God on Judgment Day. All of us are going to stand before Him. And look what it says in James chapter 1, in verse 19. Look at this passage. Or, uh, not James. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. We could talk a lot about that passage right there. But the Bible says we're going to answer for every idle word. I don't know about you, but that makes me literally want to button my lip. Literally. <laughs> Just uh, I don't want to have to answer for any more than I have to. But notice what he says, By thy words thou shalt be justified. What people think about you, their determination of whether you're guilty or innocent, it is determined by our words. That's why, you know, police, they tell you when you get arrested, you have the right to remain silent. You know why? Because you can be condemned by your words. The things you say to them, they can and will be held against you in a court of law. So you know what? You might just want to be quiet and ask for a lawyer. And I was going to tell you right now, I think that's good advice. Especially the way things are sometimes these days with the police. Just keep your mouth shut. Because we're going to answer for our words. And James chapter 1, verse 19, 
It says, let every man be swift to hear, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Slow to speak. Y'all hear that? Sometimes you just need to take your time. Somebody tells you off, just stand there and look at them for about 10 seconds. And when they ask, what are you doing? I'm counting to 10 before I tell you off. <laughs> and then, you know, just, just, just that would probably save you from a lot of trouble. You know why? Because the next verse explains it. This is why you shouldn't tell people off. This is why you shouldn't say anything when you're mad. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. When you're mad, you're not thinking like God thinks. When you're mad, it feels like the right thing to do to tell that person off. When you're mad, it feels like the right thing to do to just go ahead and let a few cuss words fly. But when you're mad, you're not thinking like God. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm giving it to God. I love cussing. I love telling dirty jokes. But you know what? I'm sacrificing those today. I'm giving them up. I'm laying them on the altar. I'm sacrificing it to God. He's getting the fruit of my lips. I'm not, I don't, I want to be able to have the attitude. I don't care who from this town comes and visits this church. I don't want to be embarrassed when anybody, if anybody sees me in this church. Because you know what? My lips have been, and my life has been consistent with the message that I'm singing that's being preached here because I have given my words to God and I hope you'll do that today. Give Him the fruit of your lips. Sacrifice those words for God. Give it to Him. He will be pleased with that. So with that, let's all stand together.